Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Great leading, beautiful pastor, Natalie Contreras. And uh, go ahead and grab a seat. As you grab a seat, I'm going to invite Marco Contreras up here. One of my favorite humans. What a, what a fantastic couple. And uh, Marco is running in uh, Chula Vista, Eastlake, in that district. And uh, I'm going to have him share for a few minutes about, about his strategy. And that they say that if you fail to plan, and you'll, you'll meet a lot of Christians, and a lot of Christians will have zeal. A lot of Christians may even have like a, like a virtuous or a righteous stand, posture, position on something. But the Bible actually says that the wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the stronghold. So it's not strength, it's not zeal, it's not passion, it's not being right. It doesn't say a righteous man, it says a wise man. So it's wisdom. And wisdom is always seen, wisdom is known by her children, wisdom is known by fruit, wisdom is known by the strategy. So... I love this man. He's a warrior. I had the privilege of playing on his team uh, two weekends ago out in uh, Palm Springs in the Ryder Cup. And obviously the other team were using prison rules. That's how they won. But <laughs> but, uh, but I, I just I loved being with Marco because he, he was constantly in strategy. And, uh, and I like, I like seeing, seeing a man that has strategy. Joshua was a military strategist. Alexander the Great defeated armies sometimes, you know, three to ten times larger than his with greater weaponry because he was a brilliant strategist. And uh, the season that we're in it needs more than zeal. It needs more than passion. It needs strategy. So would you welcome the amazing Pastor Marco Contreras. How many of you love Pastor Jurgen and Leanne? Such inc incredible leaders that care about the state of our, of our city, our county. So, so we have a very unique small window of opportunity to conquer the second largest city in San Diego County. The seventh largest city in California. Chula Vista is the size of Salt Lake City. So we have a very unique small window of opportunity, something that happens, you know, once every generation. So Chula Vista has been under Democratic and leftist leadership for about 20 years. But right now there are three seats that are up for grabs, three out of five. I represent one of them. The, the mayor, uh, John McCann, who's running for mayor, represents the other one and Steve Stenberg. So... We've identified 7,400 low-propensity Republican voters. What that means is that these are people that vote maybe once every four elections. And because this is a midterm election, they will probably not vote this time around. 
So we've identified them, and what we want to do is raise up an army and deploy an army to take the city. So we're going we're gonna to have 75 teams of two, and we're going to send them, literally, each team will have a mission. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go and collect 100 votes, each team. They're going to go knock on some doors and, hey, we're here to, you know, representing, depending. We actually have an app that tells us who lives there, how they're registered. So when they go, we go to the Republicans and hey, we're here representing the Republican Party. We're here because we actually want to win the race. And they'll have a T-shirt that says Marco Contreras, vote for Marco. They'll have a, a door hanger with the, all the Republican uh, people they need to vote for. And we want to make it really easy for you. Oh, you know what? My, my ballot's not here yet. Okay, don't worry. We'll come back tomorrow. So each team will have a mission, it, it, however long it takes them to collect 100 votes. We believe that if we collect the 7,400 votes, we will flip Chula Vista. So just, just stay here for a second. So in all the years that we've been politically engaged, it's the first time I've actually heard a strategy. Up till now, the strategy is let's whine and complain after we lose about how we lost and what we should have done, could have done, would have done. So I, I love this. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to um, uh, circle that through all of our, all of our, uh, well, actually, we're going to just do Balboa, El Cajon and, and uh, Eastlake. I, I want to I raise volunteers. We're going to enlist our, our uh, interns, volunteers. I want to go down there. I want to wear a vote for Marco Contreras shirt. I want to go door knocking. And, um, but I, 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 I believe that we can do more than the 7,400. But let's devastate because here's the truth. Here's the truth. California, um, there's a guy called Seth Keschel who's a, a captain in the, the U.S. Army. He, was, he is a, a, a mathematical genius, does numbers in his head. And, uh, and he, they, they used him in high-end intelligence logistics. And he, he has not failed to um, predict uh, uh, a political outcome because he, he knows all the numbers and all the... And then the 20, 2020 election, he said, is was rife with fraud, not just uh, in the presidential race, but all the way down. And he says that there's, this fraud has been creeping. And so he... he believes that California went very, very red, not just red, very, very red in 2020, but there's so many fraudulent strongholds, and he exposes it with voter registration, voter turnout, all that kind of stuff with what actually came in, and it's all the fake ballots. That's why in Newsom's re-election, he, he, you know, he pumped out 30 million ballots so that he could secure it. And that's why Pelosi's up there piping off saying, oh, he won't, he won't be recalled, he won't be recalled. Of course he won't be recalled. How, how do you know that, Pelosi? Wow. You know, the most loathed governor that we've had wins more votes in, his re you know, in the recall than he did at the first time around because they've got this thing on a, on a string. So we actually have to, uh, we can either whine and complain or we can actually engage and... Uh, you know, I know that California, what we've rather done is, you know, hiked, cycled, swam, gone to the beach, walked our dogs, you know, done other things. But, but that, time, that season has passed. What, the Bible says, while, when, while men slept, an enemy came and sowed tares amongst the wheat. 
And so while, while we were sleeping, while we were asleep, while we were enjoying this beautiful state, the wicked came in. And that's what the wicked do. Just so you know, that's what the wicked do. So we can't stop the wicked from being wicked. They are wicked. All we can do is let the righteous rise and push back the wickedness. So I, I want you to, to, to seriously consider being part of that. I, I want to overwhelm that city. And then when we flip that city, we're going to take that strategy, implement the same things and begin to flip every, every city in California, especially starting in San Diego. We have to start winning. We have to start winning. So stretch your hands out towards Marco. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for... The Bible says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. There was a man sent from God whose name was Marco Contreras. And Father, we just thank you for the anointing. We thank you for strategy. We thank you for favor. We thank you for wisdom. Father, I thank you for a politician who, who is not a politician. I thank you for, for a man who is a leader, who understands civics, who understands authority, who understands righteousness, who un understands posture, who understands that, that the goal is to be the servant of the people, to, to, to fight for that territory, to bring in policies and legislations that bless and benefit families, marriage, small businesses, the backbone of the community, the backbone of the city, the backbone of society. Father, we know the wicked don't care. They want to come in and all they care about is they, them getting richer while they destroy the cities they govern. We see the, that signature all throughout this nation. Father, it is time. Let the righteous rise. So, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for more than 150. Father, we, we, we thank you for 500 volunteers. We thank you for more than 7,400 ballots. We thank you for, for 10,000 ballots, Father God. We, Father, we, we thank you for a tsunami, uh, an earthquake. Father, we thank you that, that, that Soros loses millions of dollars thinking, Lord, he's sitting up there in his perch. Uh, uh, thinking with his arrogance that he can buy elections and he can destroy America. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that that comes to an end. We thank you, Lord God, for warriors. And we prophesy and we declare that the wise man and the spirit of wisdom rests upon Marco. The wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down its trusted stronghold. And we thank you the stronghold of wickedness is brought down over every city in our beautiful county of San Diego, in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Come on, how many people want to be part of a winning team? Amen. Well, it's, uh, it's wonderful to have little, little Yergi Leon here. He was here somewhere. I don't know why that's funny. Amen. Come with me in your Bibles, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. I want to speak a little bit about warfare. I've just had this theme the last couple of Sundays. I've been preaching on spiritual warfare. And uh, uh, all advancement in the kingdom requires warfare. You know, e even what Pastor Marco is doing in Chula Vista, Eastlake, is warfare. It's warfare. And the reason that warfare is required is because... There's a devil in the earth. There is evil in the earth. Evil is afoot. And so we can't coexist with evil because evil doesn't want to coexist. Of an entire planet, Satan was cast into the earth. The earth is massive. 
And there's a tiny little garden eastward in Eden. And the serpent, he's not living in Positano. I'd live in Positano. I wouldn't let Adam and Eve have Eden. This is freaking paradise. Capri. The Isle of Capri. Are you kidding me? Shut the gate. Put me there. I'd live there. But no, no, no. Satan ends up in, in the garden. Why? Because evil can't help. E evil, the Bible says evil has no peace. The wicked has no, have no peace. And, and the spirit of evil, it has to defile. Spirit of evil goes into a paradise and defiles paradise. Everywhere it goes, it defiles. The swamp in Washington, D.C. is a, we, we, the swamp is just the defilement of someone carrying a satanic spirit rather than the spirit of God. A satanic spirit rather than the spirit of God. The defilement is happening in our school. They're bringing uh, gay pornography to second graders, third graders, and fourth graders, you know, grooming our children, introducing them to things that they should not, the vile, perverse things, because that spirit cannot help itself. It defiles. It defiled the beautiful institution of marriage. And if you think that that only happens outside of religious circles, even Jesus commented on the holy city, the city of Zion, the city of Jerusalem, 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 you who stoned the prophets and killed those sent to you. Is it, is it even possible that a prophet could, be, could die outside of Jerusalem? The Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, the, the Sadducees, the, the religious scribes had become so corrupted. Wherever human government is, corruption abounds because there's a defiler in the earth. And so that's, that's why in, in uh, eight days, I think it is, um, they have Yom Kippur. The, the Jews have Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And it's a day that these, for 10 days, they, they, they go in right now. It's days of purification coming into Yom Kippur because they know there are defilements that can continually have to be weeded out. And that's why you need to understand that the first place of defilement that the enemy wants to get in is your heart. And he does it through thoughts and he does it through, the Bible says that Satan put it, having put it into Judas's heart to betray Jesus. And so, you know, that's why we have altar calls. That's why we're, we're, we're a church that wants to be, preach transparency so you can come forward on the altar and allow the Holy Ghost to help you weed your heart so you don't reap a, reap a harvest. You don't want defilement. You want to keep yourself pure from the defilements of the world. However, I found that's impossible. So what I found is defilements may come, but thank God for altars. Thank God for ministry. Thank God for prayer. Thank God for the flow of the Holy Ghost where you can come and, uh, and do some weeding. Somebody say amen. amen. So, so if that's true with my heart, that's true of every, every institution. And, uh, and I'm telling you, Jesus says, beware of false teachers. You'll know them by their fruit. You know them by their fruit. And so you can tell a, a lot about a king by the kingdom. You can tell a lot about authority by looking at the people. And so we were just in, in L.A. In fact, we were in Beverly Hills, L.A. And there's tents and hopelessness. And one of the richest places when we were growing up, it was like, you know, Beverly Hills 90210. And, you know, pretty woman walking down the street, pretty woman Julia Roberts, the Beverly Wilshire, it was like stunning, it was beautiful, it was iconic. People all over the world wanted to go to Rodeo Drive. Today it's, it's full of decrepit, homeless, drugs and everything. Why? It tells you the authority that's over the place. 
It tells you who's in authority. And those people in authority, they are not. They know no one's voting for them. So they use corruption. So we have to rise up with strategy and drive them out. Somebody say, amen. 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 All right, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5 says, uh, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, for casting down vain or casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So I want to give you just some thoughts on warfare that I've collected over the years because being in San Diego, we have, uh, you know, people from the Coast Guard, Chief Master Sergeant, Tom Foster, Coast Guard. We have Marine Corps, Jesse, Marine Sullivan. We have his beautiful bride, Kat, who was a 20-year Navy medic. Uh, you know, we have Navy SEALs. We have people from, from every, every uh, sphere of the defense forces in San Diego. And just sitting and listening with them over the years, I've, I've picked up a few things. The, the, the first one that, that, I, that I believe is, is a word for us today. And if you watch War Room with Steve Bannon, that's where I get all my news. I don't... I don't I watch Tucker. I love Tucker. Tucker is at another level of prophetic, um, the, the issues that he's hitting. Um, but the war room with Steve Bannon is worth watching because I'm not listening to someone just dispensing information. He, everything is, is laced with strategy. He is literally a, a lone man saving America right now, what he, what he is doing. Um, so it's worth watching war room with Steve Bannon. But he's been quoting General Patton. So his philosophy, everything he's doing, he quotes General Patton. General Patton said this, there is no substitute for victory. There is no substitute for victory. Talladega Nights, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> has, has some truth to it. There's, in warfare, there's no substitute for victory. If ISIS came and, and fought and said, well, you know, they won, but we came second. There is no coming second. We, we were in an event with, uh, with, with some Jewish people, Jewish leaders, Jewish military people who were talking about the rise of anti-Semitism in the world today. And uh, what was very interesting was he asked me this question. He said, do you know why Israel wins all her wars. Do you know why Israel wins her battles against enemies? She lives surrounded by enemies. Sometimes they have greater weaponry. Sometimes, you know, like Israel is a small nation compared to. He says, do you know why we, we, we win the wars? And I said, oh. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to have some profound, you know, it's because of this strategy or it's because of, you know, the, the Lord. It's because of Hashem. And, uh, and I'm like, no, tell me. And he kind of choked up and saw his eyes kind of water up. And he says, because we have to. Because we have to. If we don't win, we don't exist. We have to win. And I remember it just rocked me. I thought, my God, the church with wokeness became passive and pathetic 
Like we have to. Well, you know, Jesus, you know, we sang Kumbaya and we had the most amazing cookout. And then like the youth, the youth did like car washes and, and then we did face painting and we had clowns. Oh, what? Oh, no, no, we didn't win our city. No, no, that, that required getting our hands dirty. People, there is a hell and there is a heaven. There is a devil and there is a God. We, there is no substitute for victory. We're not here to just have Kumbaya Church and Friendly Church and great games. And Oh, no, 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 it's Halloween. And we're going we're gonna to do Trunk or Treat. Oh, it's so cool. We do Trunk or Treat. We call it a harvest party. We fill the parking lot with like hay bales and pumpkins. <laughs> no, that's, that's not what we're doing. We're not doing that. We're here to kick the devils till it bleeds. There is no substitute for victory. So, like, I, I, I've heard this over the years, and, and the, the, question, the question is, is legitimate, but the answers that I've seen is foolish. It's like, well, you know, um, I go for Roma. I, this team goes, you know, this, person, this fan goes for Lazio. And they're, they're both the two teams, the two soccer teams, the football teams for Rome. And both of them are crying out to God, you know, to win. And, and so they say how stupid it is to cry out to God. And, you know, the, the Muslims are crying out to their God and the Jews are crying out to their God. And, you know, everyone's crying out to God and, you know, who's going to win. You know, and it's, and it's used as, a, as, a, as atheists or agnostic argument. But I love Abraham Lincoln, the Civil War, because they, they were... They were outnumbered, the North and the South, fighting to free slavery. And just, just so you know, um, that America, whether, whether it was intentional, and you hear all this kind of, you know, revisionist stuff, well, you know, the Civil War what re really wasn't about freeing slaves. Okay, well, if it wasn't about it, that's what was the outcome. And if that's not what it was, white men died fighting so that black men could be free. So don't give me this crap that America is systemically racist. Humans are systemically wicked. Humans are systemically sinful. Sinful men are oppressive men. But to say that America is that, the history doesn't line up with your facts. Your facts are wrong. So... So Abraham Lincoln was asked, is God on our side? Do you think God is on our side? And I love Abraham Lincoln. He says, my friend, I'm not asking whether God is on our side or whether God is on their side. I'm asking, are we on God's side? For God is always right. For God is always right. So I say all of that to say this, that all warfare, all warfare is, is the 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 battle, the enlisting of men to bring in the purposes of God. We resist evil. We resist wickedness. We go against injustice. But we know that the God of justice, the God of righteousness, the God of truth fights on our side. Uh, you know, you know um, Newsom was just quoting a scripture about pro-abortion that, that we need to look after our neighbor. By killing a baby in the womb. 
because the, the, the Democrats have, have seen that the, the, the only area where they've got, where, where people get triggered is with an entitled state. If you say, you know, your choice has already been made for you. What? It's a woman's right to choose. And, uh, but you just got to change the, just change the, the language that <laughs> we, we protect life. And if you let these reprobates slaughter the, the innocent in the womb, what happens when your life no longer has any value or meaning or purpose for them? Do, do you, if you don't fight for the least vulnerable among us, you know, whatever you do for the least of these, you've done unto me. So, so, there's, so he's quoting scripture. But I'm telling you, God is not on his side. How can you say that? Because look at the fruit. Look at the intention. God is not the God of abortion. All the way through the Bible, he's the God. So we, we bring in spiritual warfare. Bring in spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is the overthrowing of evil. We overthrow evil to bring in righteousness. But it doesn't happen as we passively sit. I believe that prayer and strategy. Jesus says pray and we ought to pray and engage. We ought to pray and. They prayed and then they went into battle. They prayed and they went into Why do you think the Bible is so full of battles? You know, one of the biggest critics of, of the Scriptures, well, you know, look at the Bible. It's a, it's a book full of violence and warfare. Yeah, because God is trying to get your attention. Evil doesn't just, it's not passive. It's not content to coexist. Coexist is the biggest lie. That, that bumper sticker is for the foolish and the ignorant. They place it on their Priuses. Sorry, Samuel. They place it on their Priuses. <laughs> they drive around with their, with their Biden coexist bumper stickers. Evil is not content to coexist. I, 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 got, I, got, I got smashed when, when Australia uh, passed the, the same-sex marriage. Even though Australia voted against it, they, governments came. Because the defiler has to defile the institution of marriage. Elton John says, well, what are you talking about? We, we don't want to be married. Matt, what? The whole point of homosexuality for, in that world is rebellion. It's, it's lust. It's sensuality. Marriage is purity and covenant and what? He's like, well, what are you guys doing? But no, no, they, Satan wanted to defile that. And so I, I, I put, put a, a post out saying that in every civilization throughout 60,000 years of recorded human history, wherever same-sex marriage has been brought in and normalized, the next wave is always pedophilia. It has never been different. And so I immediately get this, you need to take that post down, uh, you're offending the very people we're trying to reach, you know, I can't believe that you would say these things. How can you say these things? I'm like, well, number one, the Bible. Number two, the Spirit of God. Number three, history. So those three things. Uh, you know, Yergs, he's such an extremist. He's such. Today, they have trans, uh, trans reading in libraries. They have homosexual LGBTQ garbage forced on them in school. They're, they're now passing laws where your child, you are no longer as a parent, the authority over your children. The state can take your children. 
put them on hormone blockers and even give them a sex change operation and you have no right. And in fact, they're wanting to pass laws that if you speak against that, you go to prison. You get prosecuted for hate crimes. That's how crazy it is. But no, no, I'm just a bigot. One, one of our uh, heavily decorated military guys uh, who works a lot of Secret Service intels said this to me the other day. He says, the first rule of search and rescue, don't become a victim. The first rule of search and rescue is don't become a victim. If somebody's trapped in, in the mountains and a blizzard's coming in, and you're like, I'm going to go and save that person. The first rule they teach anyone on search and rescue teams is, number one, don't become a victim. In Australia, because we're surrounded by water and everybody lives around the coast, we don't have a Colorado or a Utah or in Australia. We, everybody lives around the coast. So we, at school, it's mandatory. We learn surf life saving. We, we, we learn how to do resuscitation, save someone who's drowning. But the first rule they tell you is if somebody's drowning, don't go and drown with them. If there's a rip or heavy seas, don't just, the first rule of search and rescue is don't become a victim. The, the woke spirit made the church whose mission is search and rescue create a generation of victims. I'm not, I, I don't like that church. I'm not getting fed anymore at that church. I can't believe they challenged me about my lifestyle. I can't believe they We have a whole church, a whole generation of victims. The first rule of, you can't, the devil knows you ain't going to search and rescue anybody if you become a victim. So we rage against a victim mentality. And you know the, great, the greatest feeder of a victim mentality? Entitlement. Entitlement. Psalm 104 that we enter his gates with entitlement and his courts with rage. The Bible says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving. If you said to me, hey, I want my life to suck. I want my life to be miserable. Well, what's the key, pastor? Is there a key? I'd say, yep, entitlement. Just believe that you're entitled to everything. Have you ever noticed entitled people are never happy? It's never enough. Never enough. But there's a spirit that was unleashed in the United States of America and not stopped by the church, not called out by the church, but embraced by the church through the woke churches that empowered entitlement. We, we, we gave the microphone to whoever was the biggest victim. I remember sitting at Pichero Mio and, and I'm, you know, we, we wanted to, small businesses to survive the onslaught. The World Economic Forum these agencies gathered together. They do have a plan to enslave you. They do have a plan to make you the perfect consumer. If you, watch, if you don't watch anything, watch uh, the new prime minister of I Italy, Giorgi Meloni. Watch her. Watch her talk about how the, the reason they're going after family and the reason is because they, they're trying to remove identity. They just want you to become the perfect consumer so they can have power. And so while we were sitting at Pichero Mio, we're trying to help the small businesses stand up against the, the, the tyranny. Um, this, this woman comes by and, you know, she's masked and she's got gloves on and she's screaming. 
because we're all sitting together eating food, not social distancing, and she is losing her mind. And then I remember the, the manager came out saying, oh, you know, she just called the police on us and the police are coming and they're making sure that everybody's six feet apart. And I'm like, you know, evil just can't rest. Like, just if you're, if you're frightened, darling, if you have no faith, if you so believe the light, you stay home. If, if, I, if I'm dining and we're going to die, well, we're going to die happy. We had Prosecco. We had Aperol Spritz. We had Burrata. We had some Limoncello. We drank some Montelpuziano red wine. And then I get to heaven, and there it all is there. I'm like, wow. It's like we opened the bottle on earth, and Jesus. Normally they bring out the, you've saved the best for it. But these people, they lose their ish. It, it, the, the, the victim became the, don't become a victim. Don't become a victim. A victim mentality is, is anti-scripture, is the antithesis of everything. As soon as you become a victim, and the reason the devil wants to create a victim mentality, a victim mindset, because every single victim, whether they realize it or not, makes this declaration, somebody else has power over my life. I am a victim because I don't have authority. Somebody else has authority. Somebody took from me. Somebody's oppressing me. Well, my Bible says that you're the head and not the tail, above only, not beneath. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He has made us more than conquerors. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. So if you have a victim, well, you don't understand what happened to me. You don't understand what people have done. You don't understand life's cruel. Life is cruel and life is unfair. That's why greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. The signature of God isn't, hey, the Bible works in perfect conditions. There's no weather report that comes with the scriptures. You know, the forecast today, it's going to be a little bit turbulent. Don't try the Bible. It won't be working today. It only works in perfect conditions. The Bible, a fiery furnace showed the preeminence and the superiority of the power of God and the power of the scriptures. The Bible works in every condition. In fact, I believe it works at its most potent and its most powerful in adverse circumstances and adverse conditions. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. So the first rule is don't become a victim. Don't become a victim. You ever served in a forward infantry, son? Ever put your life in the hands of another man? Asked him to put his life in yours? We follow rules, son. We follow rules or people die. Is that clear? Yes. Is that clear, Crystal? A few good men. All right, number two. Authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. Authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. One of, one of our special forces came back from northern Africa, and he was saying that there was a, a shift that happened under Obama when Obama called ISIL otherwise known as ISIS, the JV team. The JV team, they're just a JV team. And then they dominated the whole region. And they dominated the whole region because they got weapons, not just from America, but also from Russia. They were running around with these brand new Kalashnikovs and, and tanks and, um, you know, Scud missile launchers and all this kind of stuff. And 
that they, they armed the different warlords. And he says when they were there, there was a shift in power. And then he, he, he was just talking and he just said this. He says, because, you know, authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. Now I thought, well, that's, that's true. If you're defending your village with bows and arrows and then over the hill comes a tank and they've got machine guns and, you know, you've got two options, you know, keep shooting your bows and arrows and be wiped out or surrender. But you're going to have to surrender that city because authority will flow to whoever has the most weapons. Sadly, the devil is smarter than most Christians. The devil knows the Bible. He doesn't live it. So please understand, anyone can quote it. The devil quoted scripture. He doesn't live it, but he can quote it. So don't be fooled by the idiots who can quote the scripture. Always look at their life. Are they living it? And so, so authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. The devil knows this. That's why he's going after the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is the right to bear arms. Every single civilization, every single nation that gave up their arms, that gave up their arm, that gave up their weapons, that gave up their defense, it has nothing to do with hunting. It was not the right for men to go and hunt. It's not even it's not even home defense why we have a Second Amendment. The Second Amendment was written to empower you from a government gone rogue because they know that if you have no way of defending yourself against the tyranny of a government, that all governments turn tyrannical. Why do they know that? Because they know a principle that's in play is that authority will flow to whoever has the most weapons. The globalists know they have to create school shootings and crises. Why do you think the police? Are you serious? Oh, the police are just that incompetent. They stood there for 35 minutes while there was a live shooter shooting up fourth graders. This was all they are paid. They're on the payroll. It is a wickedness because they know nothing. They know for us, nothing is, is, is more outrageous than innocent people dying. These are the ones who scream to slaughter the innocent in the womb. Do you really care? Do you really think they care about a, a, a 10-year-old or an 8-year-old? They're the same people. You're a fool if you believe that. For them, it's all about using that to get emotions high so they can take away the Second Amendment. Now they can dominate. So we have to fight for our Second Amendment. Why? Because authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. Now, I'm not sure when, 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 when you became a Christian. I'm already over time. Let me finish on this. When, when, when I became a Christian, somebody said to me, Pastor Mike, they said, oh, you know, now that you're a Christian, you understand, man, you got a big target on your back. As soon as you become a Christian, you got a target on your back, the devil comes after you. Because you're now born again. You're born again, you got a target on your back. Because you're a Christian. The devil's going to come after you. He's going to come after you with everything he got. Because you got a target on you. I'm like, oh, my God, how do, I get rid of, how do I get rid of the target? Can I wear a jacket? You can't wear a jacket. Jacket don't hide no target. Devil sees that target. I'm like, man, why did I become a Christian? I've got to warn people. Whatever you do, don't become a Christian. You get a target on the devil. Can I just tell you, when you become a Christian, you didn't get a target. When you were born, you were born with a target. You had a target on your back in the womb. 
the target is you carry the Imago Dei. You carry the reflection, the image and the likeness of God. You were born with that target. You were born with Satan's agenda. His hatred and hostility is to destroy your life. You were born that way. When you get born again, the target is already there. When you get born again, you now get weaponry. You now get armory. You now get power. Jesus says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes. When I got born again, when I got born again, the Spirit of the living God came and lived on the inside of me. I was born with a target, but I was born again now with weaponry, with armory. Why? Because whoever has the most weapons, power flows, authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. Do you know that all the devils in hell can rally before me, but greater is he that is in me than every devil that is in hell? You can put me in a stadium filled with Satanists, witches, warlords, witch doctors, and the God on the inside of me is greater than all of the satanic spells, all the curses they can muster. Greater is he that is in me. When you become a Christian, get born again. Authority, power, whatever you bind on earth, bound in him, whatever you loose on earth. Elisha's servant goes out to pump water and he looks up and he sees the entire Syrian army. On, on the mountainside, and there's just a little hut. And he leaves the water, and he runs in, and he wakes up, Elisha he says, quick, get up, get up. Oh, that's terrible. We're completely surrounded. And Elisha's like, oh, there are more with us than with them. He's like, there's two of us. Doi. Uno, dos. Two. Zwei. There's just two of us. There's a whole army. Elijah says, oh, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the Bible says when he looked, he saw the entire mountainside, the sky filled with chariots of fire and warring angels with their swords drawn. And so Elisha walks out and says, strike them blind. The entire army goes blind. Who are you looking for? Uh, we're looking for Elisha. No, we're blind. I know where he is. You're in the wrong town. You missed it by that much. The town is that way. Was Elisha worried? Why not? Because greater is he that was with them than he then. When you get born again, you get power. You get armed to the hilt. You get... No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every voice arise against you in judgment, he shall condemn. The enemy shall come at you one way, but he shall flee seven ways. You're the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. You're victorious everywhere you go. You are more than conquerors. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.